0: Hi everybody, this is Robin Willis, and welcome to another edition of Expat Stories, where we present tales about life in expatria, a place where home really is where the heart is. This episode's storyteller is Rebecca Glazer, and was recorded on February 21st, 2013, at the Mucho Centro de Arte in Barcelona, Spain. Rebecca, Rebecca Fox Glazer. I'm going to bring that up because I just thought of the funny thing is that I have a middle name that's a last name. So here my name is really Rebecca Fox because people look at my ID and they say, Senora Fox, Senora Fox, I was giving birth. They wanted to put Fox on my child's name. I said, Really? That's not my legal name. And the nurse said, but it's on your ID. (laughs) So we had a little discussion, but we cleared that up. So my name is Rebecca Fox Gleaser, And my relationship with Spain started in 1988 when I got on an airplane to leave the United States for the absolute first time in my life in my junior year of college to go to Sevilla. And I think that probably started my journey here, because I think it's all kind of interrelated. I went to Sevilla, and I spent a year there. I studied, went out a lot, learned how to speak Andalou, and uh, just loved it so much that I went back in 92. And then after 92, I said, my relationship with Spain is over, because I think the economy is going to tank, and I can't come back here. And you know what? Never say never because here I am, and I did come back. I came back in the year 2000, and I met my husband, and at the time, it was a very kind of, he was the only Spanish person I knew here, so I called him up on the phone. I said, hey, we're going to a jazz club, and I realized, wow, this guy's great, but four months later, I had to leave, so my husband and I courted the, uh the phone via the internet and via the fact that he had 26 days of vacation every year for four years and we've somehow worked it out. So that all culminated the day that we literally decided to get married while he was in line at the Air France counter at Dulles Airport. No bend and knee for us, just it was time. We'd spent a lot of time talking about what we were going to do. and. had the more interesting job and who wanted to leave which country so we made the decision in line at the airport it was appropriate because we'd spend a lot of time on airplanes seeing each other and a lot of things had happened so I sent Teo back to Barcelona and I said you figure out what has to be done I went back to my job putting my full and utter trust in a man to plan a wedding Which actually, he did a fantastic job. And he called me one day on the phone. I was still working, didn't know when exactly this was all going to come down. He said, Rebecca, I have great news. I have reserved the Salon de Cent in the Ayuntamiento de Barcelona. We can get married. So tell everybody, let's get it done. And this was about, I would say, three months before the date. And I said, great. So I immediately told my boss I was quitting. And he said, oh, well, can you just work till the day that you leave Washington? And I said, well, that really wasn't the plan. But I did. I worked until the day that I left Washington. I gave a presentation, got on a plane, and came here. And meanwhile, my husband had figured out all of the details. He'd found a hotel. He'd he'd figured out where who the photographer was going to be, everything except for this small detail, which is, how long does it take to process your paperwork at the Registro Seville? So we got here, and we were blissfully here for even a couple more weeks, and we went to the Registro Seville, say, and said to them, okay, here's our paperwork, so it'll be done in a couple weeks, right? And the woman looked at me, and I don't know if it was a laugh or a a look of pity, and she said, why no? First, you submit your paperwork. Then, it sits in Madrid for approximately two months. And I said, well, what does it do in Madrid for two months? Well, we have to put you on a list, and somebody has to make sure that your husband has never been married, And, and this all sort of, it was all glazing because... To back up a minute, I had already sent out invitations, and I had people coming from the United States, and we were getting married on May 15th. So I looked at the woman, and I said, well, all of this is very nice, but I need to get married on May 15th. And she said, that is not going to be possible. And I said, well, are there any exceptions? She said, yes. If if you have a terminal illness, we will make an exception. (laughs) And I... And that was with a straight face. And I, and I looked at her, and I was like, what? She said, almost in the same breath. Or you can get married in the Catholic Church. As if that were the same thing. <laughs> and by total luck, I just happened to be Catholic. Which, in itself, is a small little sidetrack of a story. I really didn't even want a very fancy big wedding. I was. I would have been happy just going to Vegas and having three people there. And this is probably because in my own family, none of the women in my family, up to me, had ever had a wedding. We'd always had something, and this goes back, I found out, to my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother all were married in very small ceremonies. The, and actually, my mother herself and my father were married on New Year's Eve in 1953, in a real estate office in St. Louis, Missouri. And my father literally got up in the morning and told his parents, who he still lived with, that he was going to get married. And that was it. And they got there, and they didn't have any witnesses. So the judge, that's, he actually worked at the real estate agent, said, that's okay, the janitor and the maid can be your witnesses. So that was my parents' incredibly romantic wedding, almost 60 years ago. And that was the reference I had. And my mother even still had the gray suit that she got married in, in her closet, that fit me until I turned about 13. And I never really thought about having a wedding or having a dress or any of that. So for me, all of this was just foreign, but Teo was was pretty adamant. He said, look, my family is pretty traditional and, and I'd like to have a real wedding. So when the Catholic Church thing ended up being the only option, we not only had a wedding, but we had a church wedding, which was pretty pretty incredible because nobody in my family had a church wedding except for me. And there's five children in my family. So how this ended up happening was we We went, I don't know, I think we even went, we are the biggest procrastinators. So we were told this lovely story of how we can't get married except in the Catholic Church, but I think we waited up to a week before we even contemplated what this meant. And we had a fantastic lunch at the hotel where we were going to have our reception. It was fantastic because I told Teo the only priority I had for our reception was that the food was good because I knew in Spain that if you don't have good food at your wedding, everyone will remember your wedding as the wedding that had the worst food ever because I've heard people discuss weddings this way. Ay, que mal la comida de esta boda. I mean, I just couldn't deal with that. So we had this wonderful lunch with this delicious food that I could not taste because I was thinking What are we going to do? We have no wedding. (laughs) And I think two days later, we finally, the courage came out and we went up to Teo's mom and we said, well, there's a slight problem with our wedding. And she said, what is it? And I said, well, we can't have a civil service because there isn't time. And I said, my solution at the time, I said, well, we could just have a fake wedding. With, a, with an actor, and who would know the difference? She's like, mi familia. And so that really, at the moment I saw that, the shock on her face and that ceased to be an option. So she said, well, I'll go to the church where I normally go to mass and ask them. And she went there and they said, oh, we don't do weddings. I've never heard of a church that doesn't do weddings, but this was the one church on earth. But she said, oh, but there's another church, Santa Tecla, and." We'll all go together. So my mother-in-law, well, it's easy know the end of the story. My mother-in-law, my husband, and I walked down to the church on Tuesday from 2 to 2.30 when he would see people, and we marched in, and this is very Spanish. My mother-in-law told our plight to the priest because we, of course, were too chicken to do it. So she explained how we had planned the civil service and we couldn't do it. And we had to have the wedding on this day because my family was flying from the United States. And the priest, who was Basque, thank goodness, looked at us and he said, well, two o'clock. I said, what? He said, two o'clock. That's when your wedding has to be because I have these communions ahead of time. So you're just going to have to have a two o'clock wedding. Is that okay with you? And I said, well, who cares? It's the day. We'll have a two o'clock wedding, which... As you know, here is lunchtime, so it was a very unusual time. And we had our two o'clock wedding. And the day before, we even managed to squeeze in a rehearsal dinner, despite the fact that in Spain, there's no rehearsal. You just show up. And I had about 20 people come to my wedding from my side, and my husband had 80, half of which were his relatives. And we had a fantastic wedding and a fantastic reception that ended up the lunch dinner because it was late started about five and we ended up at a friend of ours bar at about three o'clock in the morning or more I don't even remember and I remember at the end when all was said and done my father who himself didn't have much of a wedding who's Jewish an atheist looked at me and said That was the best damn wedding ever. That was Rebecca Glazer, who lives with her husband, Teo, and two sons in Barcelona, Spain. For more information and stories, go to expatstories.org. That's expat with an X. Music by Three Legged Torso, and thanks for listening.